today, if you didn't already know, we are halfway through 2022. And so I thought it would just be a great opportunity for us to have a little bit of a recap, okay? At the beginning of the year, I shared a message which we titled Future Church. And really what it is, is us taking a moment, and we had three weekends in a row, which was to look forward to have vision for who we are as a church. And I made a conscious effort to ensure that the message that we speak about the future for co-church is centered far more around who we are than what we do. And for us, whenever it comes to what we do, I I have a bit of a, a framework that determines whether we should do it or not. And the framework is simply this. Can we be consistent at it? And is it sustainable? Because I don't want us to be participating in something that might have a good start, but that we don't bring it to completion. So for me, when I think about doing things, and there will be doing things over the years, and there will be projects over the years, but for this time right now, I wanted to put some emphasis on shaping the insides rather than looking at the outsides. And so if you were a part of that vision series right back in February, which was so long ago, and so I know that not many of you are going to remember, but I spoke about us becoming three things. I spoke about us becoming a church that is deeply shaped and formed by Jesus. I spoke about us becoming a church that is the essence of community. And I spoke about us becoming a church that is known for restoration. So deeply formed by Christ, essence of community, known for restoration. And that is why that passage of scripture is up on that back wall, because really that is a key driving force behind who we are and who we desire to become as a church. Those three things really are what will be guiding us behind anything that we do, from initiatives sake, to projects sake, to partnership sake, because for us, becoming is very, very important. Who we are, shaped from the inside out, that there would be consistency and that there would be sustainability over time. And so to touch on today, that first desire of us to become a church. And the reason why I say become, because it's very, very clear that we have not yet arrived. So there is a desire that we would continue to grow into, that there is a desire that we would have the process at hand. I don't want us to be a church that is built on anything else other than Jesus. And that might sound very cliched, But the reality is, there are many faith expressions or faith communities that are not ultimately built upon the rock that is Jesus. And that is you and I coming to that place of deeper revelation as to who Jesus is. The profound revelation that Jesus is not just a person. That Jesus is not just a teacher. That he didn't just do good works although all of those things are true, but that Jesus is God. He is the manifestation 
of God Almighty in human form. And so if there is anything to look to, to glean from, to receive from, Jesus is that anchor point. And it shapes everything. It shapes when we read from the Old Testament, that we would look at the Old Testament through the filter of the resurrected Jesus. It shapes uh, collaboration. We're not going to just randomly pick stuff out of a hat like that sounds good and therefore let's put resource or prayer or faith or, or, or highlight behind it. It has to come from that place of is this aligning with a desire to become a church that is deeply formed by Jesus? The reason why we have groups, the reason why we choose to get together on a regular basis is ultimately all about who we are becoming, individually and collectively. And that begins and ends in Jesus. John chapter 15, Jesus himself, he says it like this um, in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I will remain and you, in you and you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrasing of that truth, says it like this in the message. Jesus speaking. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined to me. Now we would know, again, that is not entirely true if we look at it purely at a natural perspective. Because there are many people in the world who are not connected to Jesus, who in the eyes of the world are seemingly producing fruit. But at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves the question, what is the fruit that we are esteeming, that we would like to see in our lives. And it's not just about running a successful business or having lots of money or being famous in the eyes of the world. That would be deemed fruit. When we look at what fruit is, it's of an eternal quality. It's of something that is significant in the kingdom of heaven. And so when Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you and you will bear fruit, he's speaking of that kingdom fruit, that eternal perspective. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. If I think about myself and Tam and the context of the role that we play in this community, in this season right now, I believe our primary role is to ensure that we lead you to Jesus. Not that we lead you to ourselves. Not that we lead you to a project or that we lead you to a task. I see our primary role as leading you to Jesus. Jesus, who is the source of life. Jesus, who is the beginning and who is the end. Jesus, who is our salvation for eternity, but also our sustenance for here and now through the natural days that we live. Jesus is the answer. He's always the way. Jesus 
is the one in whom we choose to anchor ourselves because from him comes very aspect of life. For us, we've determined that our primary role is to lead you to Jesus. That we would become deeply formed by him. Because we would know that there are a lot of things in existence that we can become deeply formed by, right? We are by design malleable to be formed. If you think about everything in our biology, we don't need to stay the same. We are born into time and space in a certain stage in our biology, and then throughout time, I think it goes until about the age of 40s, your body is continually kind of growing. I believe this is the bad news. After the age of 40, from a biological perspective, things tend to start to regress if left to their own devices. But that's the beauty of our biology. Because we can be active in the pursuit of transformation or change, and it's possible. We are by design susceptible to change. Now that is a good thing, but there is also negatives towards that because what are we choosing to pursue and what are we choosing to allow to change us? Just think about the family that you grew up in. All of us have a family of origin and we would be ignorant fools to believe that that family of origin has not shaped us to an extent that now we live from that place. And so you have to recognize, even in your marriage, when you come together, you have both come from a family of origin, a way of seeing things, a way of dealing with things that in most parts are very different, and which often tends to cause some tension, right? <laughs> well, maybe it's just Tam and I, not you guys. But we have to recognize those things. And so we are malleable. We are susceptible to change. We need to see that as a positive thing, but we need to be proactive in that. And if there is any one thing or any one person or even any one philosophy that would ultimately bring about the greatest and most positive change, it would be the way of Jesus. Not the way of the world or not the way of the latest preacher or not the, not the way of the latest trend or the way of Jesus who is timeless and who is eternal and who is the way, the only way. And so we feel like that is our core responsibility is to keep leading us as a community to Jesus. In Romans chapter 12, and verse 2, Paul, writing to the Romans, he says it like this, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. There is a pattern to this world. There is a pattern to the Dolphin Coast, to Amplali, to Salt Rock. There is a pattern to KwaZulu-Natal. If you haven't lived anywhere else in South Africa, you need to realize the way we do things here in KZN is different to the way things happen in Gauteng or to the way things happen in the Western Cape. So therefore, we have a pattern here. There is a pattern there. And then as South Africans, there is a pattern. Same as there is a pattern in Australia or a pattern in the United Kingdom or a pattern in the United States. There is a pattern. And so Paul is urging them at that time, which is the same urging to us in this time, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of our minds. That transformed is the same word that is also uh, defined in the process of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. That metamorphosis that takes place. By the renewing. So here's the thing. That transformation, it happens in a moment, but also happens over time. That's the beauty of us following Jesus. The moment we enter into a faith relationship with God by way of Jesus, we are transformed. The old is gone, the new is here. We are new creations. But in the same time, there is the recognition, but that transformation to be made manifest takes time. Is a process. And so when Paul says to them, be transformed by the renewing, it's a daily thing. It's a moment thing, but then it's a daily thing. And so when it comes to us becoming deeply formed by Jesus, who is the source of our fruitfulness, the question we have to ask ourselves is, who are we being formed by? Who are we choosing to seek after that would bring formation or transformation in our life? And how active are we in that? Like how active, how engaged are we in that process? In that being formed by Jesus. And that's why we've put an emphasis on rhythms. Rhythms are important. Um, I'm looking out at some runners in the room. Some uh, we can claim to be runners more than others. I'm definitely not in the I am a runner category. I am in the I try running category. But I would know, even as the trying to run category, we all know how important rhythms are. So it's not so much about the short burst. It's not, it's not about the short game. It's about the long run, the long game. So finding a rhythm in that is important. And what was the thing that COVID challenged most other than, yes, physical illness? It challenged the rhythms that we had set up in our life. Now, that is both good and bad. The good in it is that in order for us to find deep convictions, a challenge is necessary. Because until something is challenged, you don't necessarily know whether you believe it or not. Until something is challenged or tested, you don't know the depth of character involved or not. So even what COVID brought from a negative perspective, I see it as there are many, many positives. And if the one positive was, is that it shook up the rhythm of what we would know local church to be. How many people were attending church before COVID that are not attending church after COVID? Now, there are good questions to be asked in that process. Because if church is just something to be attended, then we've got it wrong anyway. Like church is far bigger, far broader, far deeper than just an attendance. However, if we decide to become a community that is deeply formed by Jesus, there is a rhythm of weekly gathering that is imperative in that formation. It's just undeniable. And God speaks about it in the context of the Sabbath that is in a weekly cycle of seven days where ultimately the Sabbath is resting from producing ultimately to have your full focus on who God is. And in that full focus of who God is, there is the formation because we become who we spend most time with. So if we're looking to become formed by Jesus because that is the best formation, are we spending time? 
So in our rhythm, is there a daily spending time? In our week, is there a rhythm of spending time? In our term, is there a rhythm? Annually, is there a rhythm? And so we want to continue to build upon those rhythms and emphasize the significance of them. And so my hope is that you would never leave this environment regretting that you turned up. Might be a little bit difficult to get here. It is for all of us at different times. So there's going to be challenges to that weekly rhythm, to that gathering time, to that. But my hope is that this is an environment. Any environment that we come to in the context of our church would be one that people never regret coming to. That you would leave challenged, that you would leave inspired, but inspiration comes and goes. But really that you would leave having been led closer to Jesus. Because he is everything of what we need. Can we pray together? Lord, we want to just thank you. We want to receive of everything of who you are. And we look to you, Jesus, the author, the one who begins and finishes. And so, Lord, we choose in these moments, hopefully leading to moments ahead, to just commit our lives to you and to ask that as we seek you, we will be found in you. That as we choose to meet with you, that in those moments, there would be something of your spirit and your word and your grace deposited in our lives that we would be shaped by you. We want to become a group of people, a church that is deeply formed by you, Jesus. And so we open ourselves up to you. We choose to be teachable. We humble ourselves. And we pray that every time that we engage with you, that we are pursuing you, that we are active in our faith, that you would shape and form us into who you desire us to be. Lord, that we would see the fruit of our love for you, for others, becoming richer, more prevalent, and that ultimately we would see your kingdom come in and through our lives.